Here's your United Methodist podcast, episode number 29, with Reverend Dave Powell from Indiana Conference's Disaster Relief. It may be in Haiti, it may be at Redford, it could be any number of places, but it really does change you when you put your hands in service that way. Whether even whether it's just beyond the shadow of the church or food pantry in the church. with Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes that a strong connection in the United Methodist Church is essential to achieving the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The Hoosier United Methodist Podcast will help you and your church connect with key insights, hear inspiring stories, and learn from successful pastors and people making a difference in United Methodist Churches in Indiana. And now, here's Brad. Hello again, good people, and welcome to the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. I embrace the fact that you've joined us today on this podcast. Thank you so much for taking some time out to listen to some things I have to share and to listen to the guests we have today on the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast. It is always our mission to strengthen the connection and the United Methodist Church in the state of Indiana for the expressed purpose of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And we do that in all kinds of ways. We do that by telling stories, telling stories of the pastors, the lay people, the ministries, the missions, the missionaries, all the programs and the various things we have going on in the state of Indiana and and just show how God's doing some good stuff here. God really is. And uh, I'm, just, I'm so proud so often to be a United Methodist pastor in the state of Indiana for all the great things we have going on. And you're a part of that. And we're glad that you joined us today to tell that story. We invite you to help us tell that story by sharing what's going on in our podcast, by going to uh, iTunes, looking us up there, Hoosier United Methodist Podcast. And there, please subscribe to the podcast, rate it. There's a five-star rating system that helps people find us and then leave a review there on iTunes. That's the best way to help us. And of course, finding us on uh, Facebook at uh, uh, facebook.com slash Hoosier United Methodist and our website, HoosierUnitedMethodist.com or other ways to find us and to spread the good news about us. And we're always looking for and listening for great new stories to tell. We come to you at least twice a month and usually more often than that. So you can stay tuned to what what we're doing. But we're glad you joined us today. I am Brad, and I am a a proud United Methodist pastor in our conference. And one of the things that makes me uh, just happy and proud to be a United Methodist pastor in in our conference is the relationships that I've built over time. And one of those relationships is uh, someone I've known for quite a long time since college days at University of Evansville. His name is Dave Powell. Dave has a unique hobby that I'm going to tell you about, that he'll tell you about uh, later in our conversation. But the primary thing I want you to hear about Dave today is his passion for disaster relief ministry. Hey, it happens, doesn't it? Tornado comes through. A tornado came through a few years ago and devastated the community of Henryville, Indiana. 
In more recent times, flooding and other disasters have hit towns like Kokomo and South Bend. That happens right here in our state. And we also send teams of people all around the country, don't we? Neighboring states and beyond for fires and for floods and disasters, even as faraway places. In fact, recently, Dave found himself in the country of Haiti, and he found himself wrapped up in a disaster right there, in the middle of a hurricane, literally. In early October of 2016, Dave was with a group of folks on a medical mission to run medical clinics in Haiti. And a day or two after they arrived there, a massive hurricane came through and they had to change their plans and respond to the disaster at hand. That's nothing new for Dave. He's been involved with hospital, with a fire and fire department and police chaplaincy and all kinds of other things. He's a great friend of mine, and I think you're going to enjoy our conversation here today. And you're going to learn something today. You're going to learn what what are the the uh, the core principles of disaster relief ministry in our state, and what can you do in your church to get involved, and what is the key requirements of getting involved. You're going to enjoy this conversation with Reverend Dave Powell. He's the lead pastor of the Edwardsville United Methodist Church in Southern Indiana. Been involved with disaster ministries for a long time. Great friend of mine. Let's get into our conversation with Reverend Dave Powell right now. Welcome again, friends, to the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. He is, or we have a great guest today, and he is a pastor in the Indiana Conference, United Methodist Church, for probably over 30 years now. He has been involved with various forms of disaster ministries in many forms or another, and recently he found himself in the middle of a hurricane. He is uh, Reverend Dave Powell, presently the pastor of the Edwardsville United Methodist Church in Southern Indiana. D- Dave, welcome to the Who's United Methodist podcast. Well, thank you, Brad. Glad to be here. Uh, Dave and I actually go back uh, quite a ways, probably longer than we both want to admit. We were classmates at University of Evansville some time ago, but uh, we've kept touchy, keep touch with each other. And right now, I, I am... Uh, Pleased that he is a pastor of uh, at Edwardsville, where, uh, among other folks, my uh, uncle and aunt uh, attend church there from time to time. And so, anyhow, Edwardsville United Methodist Church is where you're at now. Tell me a little bit, uh, Dave, about about what's going on at Edwardsville United Methodist Church. What's uh, what's God doing there these days? Well, we're uh, in a, a wonderful period of uh, of growth and healing and uh, getting connected to the community. We uh, had a uh, Faith in Action Sunday not too long ago. It was the first one they'd ever had. And we actually had larger than our average attendance on our first Faith in Action Sunday where we went out into a little over 30 projects in the community and had a blast. Um, so growing in missions and growing in uh in in worship and and it is it's exciting well that sounds great and if people want to find out more of what's going on at your church your uh, website is eumc.me and if they want mm-hmm. to find out more about you they can always contact you at david.powell with two l's at inumc.org to make connections with what's going on at your church and what's happening with you but let's right. go back let's go back a little bit further dave tell us a little bit about uh your call to Christ in the first place and your call to ministry. What got you started in this pathway of ministry? 
Well, um, got my first call back in high school. I was on retreat with the uh, youth group that I was in out in uh, Bellevue, Nebraska. And we uh, had had a, to say a, at least uh, an interesting retreat. And I was that evening out on the balcony discussing that with God and telling God what a lousy job he was doing on my retreat. And uh, always God works out well when you tell God what to do, doesn't it? It, it does. Uh, God was very patient. I didn't get hit by lightning and uh, finished all that and asked God what, by the way, what should I be doing with my life? A question that a lot of high school seniors wrestle with. And I was thinking photography or um, architecture. And God said, I want you to be a preacher and a teacher. And I asked God if God was crazy. We did the whole <laughs> Moses thing. And uh, I lost. God said we'd work on the things that I brought up that were <laughs> legitimate things, like being terribly bashful. And uh, and we've been working on it now uh, for a long time, as you say. Uh, so, uh, it, and just had that call reinforced along the way many times because uh, God needed to push me along every now and then. Doesn't mean I've always done it right, but God's been gracious and loving all along the whole path. Well, that's uh, great to, great news to hear, and you've been a, a faithful servant of the church here in the state of Indiana for some time now, serving in uh, uh, urban, suburban settings and small towns, mm-hmm. and now you're in a um, Small town outside of a bigger city, and right. uh, just tell us a little bit some of uh, some of the oh, high points of your ministry over your over your time. What are some uh, some f- fond memories you've had in your men- in your ministry? Well, uh, every parish has been both unique and fun. Even the one you're serving now. Uh, I was there for three and a half years at Honey Creek, and that was a, a fun time. And hopefully, you aren't hearing too many bad stories. But the uh, but that was a lot of fun. Uh, working in fire and police chaplaincy for over twenty of the thirty six years has been a high point. Uh, found that uh, God gifted me with a a uh, a talent for bringing hope and and uh, some sanity to some of people's worst moments in their lives. And there's nothing fun about showing at some showing up at somebody's house at two in the morning to tell them that their teenager has been in a wreck and a couple lives have been lost. But um, it, it's going to sound weird, Brad, but it, I, I think I do that well, and it's been a, a challenging time and an interesting time doing that over the. Over the years, riding with the police, riding with the fire department, uh, honored to, to to have done both for many years. Well, as as you say, there there are certain talents and skills and gifts and graces that we all have, and they won't always be fun, but they can be fulfilling and they can be mm-hmm. meaningful and they can serve a purpose. And, and that's for, and for whatever reason that you've been called in these areas of being involved with. Uh, crisis situations or situations where there's been some disaster going on. And right. 
One aspect of your ministry that I'm aware of that you've been involved in quite consistently, you mentioned a piece of it with uh, fire and police and so on, but you've also been involved with uh, disaster ministries here in Indiana for some time. And uh, mm. tell us a little bit about what, uh, what's going on in the area of disaster relief ministries, what we're doing here in Indiana, and um, uh, some of your involvement with that, and what, what are some of the things going on in terms of responding to disasters, both here in our state and even beyond? Okay. The um, was the disaster response coordinator for our South Conference and then the Indiana Conference uh, for a little over six six years or so. Um, uh, Jim Byerly is the current chair of that and um, has a lot of help while he's dealing with some health issues. But the um, what we try and do is provide a, a couple different types of things. The first off is uh, training and preparation, helping uh, ERTs get ready, that's early response teams, the training and the qualifications for that, so that after a, some type of disaster, we're able to send teams in as soon as the uh, badges release it, the area, to help people with the first step in recovery and um, discovering what what uh, possessions are able to keep, doing the initial cleaning. Uh, what we do is approved by the insurance companies as a mitigation. Uh, we take a lot of pictures, give those to the families so they can give those to the insurance company. So we, we do that first piece. With the families, we try and... Um, and help them deal with the shock of what has happened in their lives. So, so often all their material possessions have been wiped out. And uh, to deal with that and to know that uh, the, the church embraces them and we care what happens to them and that uh, they that there is hope on the horizon. There is a, a new day. So we bring that, we bring... Uh, a sense of recovery and that that things will be better. Now, when the, so we do. I'm sorry. Go go ahead. And finish your thought there. Okay. So we do we do the training for the teams for those. Work with the uh, Vim volunteers with uh, Beth McDaniel's and and that group a lot very closely. Uh, they come in behind us to to uh, to begin the actual reconstruction. And just to give clarity, the VIM is for uh, say what that is. Uh, not volunteers not everyone, and mission. Not everyone may know what that is. Okay, right. Volunteers and mission, and um, you can get current updates on both disaster response and VIM responses uh, on the conference webpage inumc.org. Uh, go to disaster response and both. Both those connections are there. The um, the other piece we do is uh, when churches have a type of some type of disaster. Over the years, uh, churches have, as a part of their ministry, contributed to an Indiana Disaster Response Fund, and those are monies that go into uh, helping people restore lives and helping helping churches restore. Uh, be restored. If they have fifty thousand dollars worth of damage, they need to have insurance for that, obviously. But the, uh, the conference is able to help. We work with the bishop and the district superintendents 
to uh, provide a little bit of help in some of those mm-hmm. responses as well. Dave, can you give us an example of kind of a story that told about some particular situation that uh, disaster relief has come in and really made a difference, or maybe there was some anecdote about a family or a particular church that was impacted? I know, for instance, a few years ago, uh, you were pretty intimately involved with the Henryville uh, tornado mm-hmm. si- situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd just like to introduce here a, hear a story about how how this has impacted some lives directly. Okay. Um, since you brought up Henryville, uh, a great uh, example of our annual conference working uh, as a whole in response. We had individuals from every end of the conference responding and people that had been through the training able to respond in, in very positive ways as opposed to the confusion that uh, that descended upon that town. It's just uh, about 20 miles from Louisville and literally thousands of people came up from Louisville and the surrounding communities and it was it was it was the second disaster after they shut off the community and only let uh, trained badge people in we were able to to bring uh, help with sheltering with food all done with the uh, by supporting uh, Wilma Boone was the uh, pastor there then and and she took a great lead in that and UMCOR, which we are the representatives of, um, when we respond to a disaster, we are UMCOR, which is kind of a humbling thought that mm. the name that represents hope and promise to um, to so much of the world. And again, unpack that just a little bit for any of oh, our listeners. Oh, United, United Methodist Committee on Relief. Sorry, too many years of, of uh, acronyms. Sure. But the United Methodist Committee on Relief and... Um, while we are an international response through them, through us, we are national and we are also um, intimately local. So at Henryville, we were able to, um, uh, well, one thing that I thought was kind of cool was a lady's home and uh, garage were destroyed and she had a, a, a personal beauty salon in her garage that was the sole source of income for her family and we were able to um, put the teams together to help restore both her home and garage and business and able to get her in just a matter of a couple months home and garage uh, were destroyed and the uh, her beauty parlor business was also in, in, in her garage as well as all the other stuff we'd like to keep in the garage and was a sole source of income for her family too and while we don't normally uh, work with businesses as a direct response it, um, that was the only way that she could get her home rebuilt and so we uh, through volunteers and through uh, some direct financial support, support, as well as working with the long-term recovery committee, able to get her home and family warm, dry, and safe back in, in the new home and uh, her garage rebuilt, which just happened to have a uh, space for a beauty parlor in it, and her family is doing doing very well now uh, because people enough to respond and make a difference and uh, without all that help 
without that help, she would have, um, she probably still would be struggling. So it's just one time we were able to, to make a difference. There were a lot of stories from Henryville, everything from churches providing vacation Bible school for the church and helping them in a tough time there to food and clothing and, and, and prayers. So you can take that story and multiply Everybody makes a difference. Yeah, you can take that story and multiply it time and time again, can't we, when these situations occur, and both with uh, individual lives and churches and working together and the community leaders and so on, and that's uh, part of what disaster relief is all about. Dave, tell us. Right now we're we're working up in um, Kokomo and, and South Bend. Yeah, uh, following some of the summer storms up there, so well, uh, people well, get, in, yeah, give us a bit of update. Give us a bit of update on those situations. I know my own daughter was involved with the Kokomo one. Her uh, she is at a elementary school where that uh, she's a speech therapist at elementary school in Kokomo that was impacted by the tornado. It came right near where they they were sheltered in place there. So tell us a little bit of what's going on right now for the church in those places. Well, they have moved past the uh, the early response and doing most of them projects now, and I'm afraid I'm not able to, to speak to those like I could some of the others. Um, since Jim Barley is his chair now, I'm trying to stay out of his way, which is part of how our good Methodist system works. But the uh, uh, I do know that there has been a, a good response up there and lots of Lots of volunteers helping make a, a wonderful difference. Oh, that's so, great. Um, well, there is something that you were involved with quite uh, directly and intimately uh, just recently. We're recording this in uh, early November of 2016, but a few weeks ago in October, you uh, found yourself in the middle of, of you were in what well, you can tell more about the story, but you found yourself in a hurricane. And so tell us what what, uh, what led you to be in that circumstance. So just tell us, but unpack that a little bit for us. Well, um, I've been working with a hospital in St. Ard, Haiti for about 20 years now. Uh, on the board of directors for it. It's a, uh, been a, a long process. St. Ard is uh, on, on northwest of Port-au-Prince, uh, about an hour and a half drive. A uh, small community along the highway there, and we've been building the clinic and hunt that will someday soon be a hospital. And we had gone there for a medical mission, uh, several months of planning going into that. And our plan was to have four days of uh, clinics out, both in the mountains and in the very rural communities, and then one day working at the hospital. We got there as we left. Indiana, the uh, <clears throat> looked like the hurricane was going to be going closer to Cuba and we would, might get some rain, but nothing to be concerned about. As we arrived on Saturday, we learned that the hurricane has gone back east far more than anybody thought it would, and now we were in the path. So the first thing we did was after Worship Sunday, uh, went to secure supplies from different trailers and places that uh, were vulnerable. Uh, Quite a few thousand dollars worth of medical supplies were at risk, so we secured all of that. 
and then worked on securing our stalls. We had brought food and uh, water and everything we needed down to the surgery, which was more of a big uh, blockhouse type complex. And then, um, so we were ready for the storm. where we were was far enough east that we did not get the worst of the hurricane by any means. Uh, On the shore close to us, they had about eight feet of storm surge Mm -hmm. that took out a lot of homes and families, uh, lost their clothing and food. So we were able to mobilize and uh, give a week's worth of rice, beans, and oil to about 500 families working with the local church there. Uh, But the worst hit was the southern part of Haiti, that southern peninsula. Mm -hmm. And there, the devastation was just incredible. Uh, They really got hammered hard, didn't they? They They really did. They they did. They did. When when you live in a shack, it it, it blows away. Yeah. so there are a lot of big organizations working with that. Our hospital was able to sit, to work with some of those big organizations, and we sent Dr. Mark Fulton, who is a uh, uh, wonderfully qualified person who uh, originally from Anderson, Indiana, uh, but he's uh, a very good doctor, and he was able to go down and useful down there with a lot of supplies from the hospital, but uh, mostly in support of the organizations that are big enough to make a difference in a big disaster like that. Hmm. Um, so we're, we're still helping feed people. Uh, our clinic and hospital are still receiving people from that part of the, of the world, uh, part of Haiti, and so it's making a difference. Uh, we were able to leave on time. We only had one day of clinic, but um, we saw close to 500 patients in, in that time. So you just had to you had to adjust, didn't you? In your circumstances, yeah, given the given the disaster within the disaster, so to speak, you know, you're going out to be, be helpful in a, a difficult circumstance, and but it's good to be a part of a church that can respond to uh, right. respond to the need, and then also respond to the disaster. So, Dave, and tell us. Of course, been a player in that as well. Yeah, of course, and that's what I. One of the things we really wanted to hear from you today is also how how people can get involved with this. Um, let's just say that uh, there is a local church or some folks who uh, want to get involved somehow or another with disaster relief or part of the teams that you mentioned, the the, the response teams, or somehow be involved. How, how can people get involved to be a, a part of uh, disaster relief? Well, the first thing you have to do is honestly assess what gifts and graces you've been giving, given and in the response. Um, for some people, um, going through UNCOR or through Mission Haiti Medical is a great way to respond and to do that financially. Yeah, that's, that's one way to do that. But the relationships you form when you're able to respond uh, in person are also just incredibly valuable. So at that point, getting in touch with UMCOR in, in Haiti, uh, there's go to the uh, National UMCOR site or to our jurisdictional site, and you can 
make those connections and um, and then whether you're a hammer and nail type team or if you're a medical team uh, those are those are all needed and so coordinating with them just going down there and showing up which a lot of groups do is not very helpful it just adds to the confusion uh, just finding potable water is right is an issue right now the uh, cholera outbreaks in Haiti are very real and that's being trans, trans uh, transferred through contaminated water supplies so if, if you just show up you may become part of the crisis add to the problem we'll instead of helping to alleviate yeah absolutely absolutely so um working with UMCOR, working with Red Cross, working with recent Haiti Medical, those are some great ways to respond. And, so work yeah, with work with them. What you've been gifted with, and then offer offer that as they need it, not as you want to do it. Yeah, try to be uh, sensitive to what the actual need is instead of what we want to kind of, um, uh, imp, you know, our impact on them is is not uh, for our benefit it may we may be fine benefit of it but it's not for our benefits to serve is to serve so but i would be i would be interested though dave in how you may have seen some people in your history and working with the disaster relief of various forms how some of the people who do serve are changed how are they transformed you know we we say that our mission as the united methodist church is to make disciples of jesus christ for the transformation of the world and often have transformation takes place uh, one life at a time. So can you tell us maybe a story or some um, situation where a person or perhaps a church group was uh, transformed by when they got involved with uh, service and some sort of disaster relief? Well, I think one of the one of the ways that just about every group is touched is first they're, they, they're, they're humbled. They, uh, they come in as the, the great American doctors and nurses uh, to uh, help those people, which is a very common attitude as you go down your first time. And what you find out is that there are people there who, who love Christ and uh, and are incredibly poor. Uh, many families live there on, on the equivalent of $3 a day. Hmm. And um, live in shacks basically of trash cardboard and um, aluminum uh, roofing that uh, tin roofing that uh, we we wouldn't even use to, to patch an old some old barn mm-hmm. and we find in them a, a joy in Christ and a desire to uh, grow in Christ and you don't you don't find a lot of hard feelings and so you come and you're welcomed and you're loved and so first off you find a great humbleness in that you also find an incredible need mm-hmm. uh, and you realize that you may not have thought you were rich when you left home but you find out that you're incredibly rich and uh, so you, you learn that you learn how to treat your resources differently. Uh, and that, that stays with you for a long time. I took my son on his 13th birthday with me on a mission trip, and he's now uh, 27. And he uh, 
he still talks about it. It was a, a life-changing experience for him. Uh, yeah, you see Christ at work, not just you know gaudy dances and and good feelings. It's you see Christ really touching lives and changing you and changing other people, and it's a it's a powerful experience. And that's transformative, and that's um, and I, I'm just a big believer, and I know you are too. That uh, when we can get some people involved somehow directly in mission, that is a powerful change agent, and that can be a change agent not only for the individuals, but it can be transformative for local churches and uh, even annual conferences. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Very and good. It, it may be in Haiti, it may be um, a Redbird, it could be number of places, but it, it really does change you when you put your hands in service that way. Well, that's great. Uh, whether, even in, whether it's just beyond the shadow of the church or a food pantry in the church. Well, and I truly believe, and this is uh, informative about how we can uh, speak to a lot of people in our uh, society who uh, may or may not have positive feelings about churches, but they certainly are uh, caring about the plight of people who are uh, in need. And uh, somehow or other, we can make connections with some people in our communities who, uh, you know, are caring people and want to serve. And that's another way that we can be uh, use uh, mission in order to expand the kingdom. So thanks for sharing that, Dave. And uh, it sounds like we've got some ways that we can get connected uh, in our local churches to uh, disaster relief through uh, UMCOR directly and also through our conference website, inumc.org. And, of course, people can be in contact with you, with you directly through your church website, eumc.me. And to david.powell at inumc.org. There's various ways to get connected with you. But but one more thing, Dave. What, what is something about you, uh, something that's a f- that you enjoy, a hobby or an interest or something that uh, that gives you joy and fulfillment in your life personally? Well, I mentioned earlier that when I got my call to ministry, I was thinking one of the things that I thought I would do with my life is I'd I've become a photographer and have enjoyed photography all my life. Uh, God didn't call me away from it. He called me to use it as a tool. And um, one of the things I do is I collect and repair and uh, vintage cameras. I actually have quite a few vintage cameras from with some of them as much as a little over 100 years old. Wow. Uh, so... Uh, uh, enjoy working with those and then give talks to different groups about photography using that as a connecting point to talk about the beauty and the wonder of God's creation Uh, teach a class in media theology called Faith Through the Lens where we teach people to use photography to express their faith so photography is is, uh, one of my joys Very cool. Well, what are those? And so we can share those, and we'll put those in our show notes as well. What? Where can at least one place where we can find some of your work? Well, ChampCamp.org is a camp for kids on ventilators that I've worked with for 20 years. Champion.org is that what that is? Okay. Champ Camp. Champ Camp. Okay. C H A M P C A M P dot org. Uh, there and then at the uh, Mission Haiti Medical website, you can see a lot of my photography. Great, great. Well, what a what a great uh, 
service that is to not only to uh, be involved with the story of mission, but to tell the story through uh, through the means of photography. That's great. Well, it's been a pleasure having uh, Dave Powell with us today on the Hoosier United Methodist podcast, and I'm sure you're going to be able to get connected in many ways to what he's what he's about, and we'll be uh, sharing some details about this in our show notes at the Hoosier United Methodist podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Well, I, I just want to thank again Dave Powell for being on the podcast here today. Uh, as I've mentioned before, he's a good friend of mine. We go back a lot of years, but I would learned some new things about him today. About uh, learned about his isn't that cool? His photography uh, hobby of restoring, uh, collecting, and restoring. Um, vintage cameras. I, I really want to take a look at that myself and then using that hobby to uh, use it in ministry as well. But I really, really hope that you picked up on what he's involved with disaster relief ministries and how disaster relief ministries has this threefold purpose of training people to get prepared to send these teams out emergency response teams that's one of them the second one is that immediate response to people's needs and to church's needs that that's there uh, on on the ground they are the arm of umcor united methodist committee on relief when disaster strikes here in indiana and beyond and the third one in terms of working with the volunteers in ministry, VIM teams, to come and work with them on the next stage, you know, the rebuilding and the, and the restoration process. But most of all, I really want you to hear what are the qualities of a person who needs to be involved with disaster relief. Yeah, you can write a check, you can involve financially, you can volunteer and all those things. But Dave made a point of saying you need to do that with a real sense of humility and grace. I love that. So I want to encourage you to get involved with disaster relief ministries in your local church in some form or another, either financially or sending teams to be part of the uh, process of getting ready to go on response or rebuilding or the VIM teams. All these things are very needed. And you learned about it here. We'll find, we'll put some of the uh, details, the websites and so on in our show notes and how you can get involved with humility and grace. We are so glad to have you join us today on the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast, where we come to you several, at least twice a month and many times often, more often than that, to bring you the stories of the United Methodist Church in the state of Indiana, the stories that are brought, brought to you to strengthen the connection in our church for the purpose of making disciples of Jesus Christ, because that's what we're all about, life transformation. And that happens when we share these good news stories. So let me encourage you to share these good news stories by passing along the information about the Hoosier United Methodist podcast to other folk or and uh, by going to our um, our website hoosierunitedmethodistpodcast.com, our Facebook uh, page facebook.com/hoosierunitedmethodist and also uh, importantly get uh, connected on iTunes. That's how people around the world can hear about us is on iTunes is one of the best ways go to iTunes find us Hoosier United Methodist Podcast in there please subscribe and rate and review that helps other people find us well, it's been great to have you with us here today on the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast. We're always looking for good news stories. You can get through, get to me through the podcast, or through the website, I, I should say, and uh, give me some great ideas on stories that we can tell on 
on the Hoosier United Methodist podcast. Remember, we follow the example of, of John Wesley, who always said to do all the good you can. And so that's what we seek to do here on the Hoosier United Methodist podcast. That's about all I got for now, friends. So take it and run with it. This is Pastor, this is Reverend Dr. Brad Miller from the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast. Take care, God bless, and take care, good people. Thank you for listening to the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. We challenge you to be an active listener by subscribing and becoming a vital member of the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast community. Visit us on the web at HoosierUnitedMethodist.com and chat with other members at Facebook.com slash Hoosier United Methodist. Until next time, continue to make disciples and transform the world.